Hi there. This is Ahmed of True Story, and with me is Annie. Also, he is of True Story. Together, we are Annie and Ahmed, two people who are of True Story. And now, let's talk about True Story itself. True Story is a podcast where two men before and ahead of their time, Ahmed and Annie, as I mentioned earlier, talk about the news and share their often unsolicited and predominantly uninformed opinions. Welcome to the show. My name is Ahmed, and with me is Annie. Wow. We've been out three months and you give people that on our comeback. It's little wonder our marketing folks are quitting by the day. You know, they complain about poor prospects and a job where success means getting out. (laughs) The latest one to quit said, and I'm quoting from her resignation letter here, it's like a Ponzi scheme except we're not even making money. Whoa. That's a serious allegation. That that's actually quite disturbing. I'm referring to the part where we're not making money, of course. Anyway, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving over there, right? right? What what have you been up to yeah. as a result? Oh, nothing. You know, I spent Thanksgiving holidays watching a documentary. Actually, yeah, it was about a mm-hmm. successful podcast that started to take its listeners for granted and become sloppy, uh, ending up with them having to shut down because they had nobody listening to them, and the the bills got big. Huh. Of course, that's not got nothing to do with us suddenly recording after a few months of inactivity. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Because you, you sent me a really weird message last night saying that Thanksgiving was canceled. And you're, you're still going to have to explain the email that you sent to my emergency contacts. Yeah, okay, that, that's enough of that. Listen, what's really important here is that we discuss the big story in Washington, D.C. over the past few weeks. Yes, yes. whole world is watching uh, these events with a lot of interest. So we, we definitely got to talk about yeah. that. Exactly. I mean, it's only right that we discuss this, given our listeners would have obviously been following this over the last few weeks. And this is the big event of 2019 politically in the US. Uh, got serious implications for the 2020 election as well. I completely agree. I'm talking, of course, about, yep, you guessed it, folks, President Trump's health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a sudden medical checkup the other week. And everyone is wondering, is he okay? Is he going to be fit to run in 2020? What's the latest on Okay, so uh, I'm a little surprised that you would pivot to that as the big story uh, of 2019 politically. Uh, I think it might be a little more important that we discuss that the Democrats are running out of time and options to find a good candidate against Donnie in 2020. I mean, we all know that the current crop is just not going to cut it, right? I mean, listen to our last episode where we talk about that. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it out there now. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020. Promises made, promises kept. Am I right? Am I right? Who's with me? Wow. Wow. How much, how much do you get paid for this? No, <laughs> no really, because, because we could use some of the money right now to keep the lights on. Um, anyway, you just asked the question about Trump's health. Lots of talk that he might be concealing some health problems. Okay, listen. I talked to the lawyer. What's his name? Rudy uh, Giuliani. Great name for a mob boss, by the way. Not so much for a president. Also a good name for a shady lawyer. Which he's not. Um, I'm just mentioning that because it would be a good name. Anyway, last week I spoke to the guy, right? I show you it's all good. He said, and I'm quoting him here, I've got great insurance. And then he said uh-huh. something about a bus. Um, I'm not sure why the insurance thing was important, but I just assumed that's a good thing. So, all wow. good. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, we need, to, we need to move on to other important issues, though, because... Um, Coming up in a couple of weeks is a general election in Britain. That's right. You know, uh, we talked about this last time. 
Boris was trying to get his Brexit deal through Parliament. That didn't happen. So he's called a general election so that he gets a bigger majority. And then if the voters vote for him, um, the UK can leave the EU in January. And, you know, the Conservatives, that's his party. They're currently leading the polls. Uh, so if this, you know, if things stay this way, Ahmed, we could be seeing Brexit very soon. That's correct. That is correct. And, you know, when it comes to Brexit, my feelings on this are, they're well known to all. I mean, I've shared many no, times. Yeah. Brexit has yeah. brought me many things. Uh, for one, it gave us something to talk about for the longest time on True Story. Uh, <laughs> and there was the incident with Theresa's tears. That was, um, that was also a hit, I think. Yep. Uh, and then BJ became prime minister. That's Boris Johnson, by the way. Uh, we had a little party about that. Remember that? Remember that party that we had? No. You know, now that I think about it, that John James guy still owes me money. You see, I just, and you can't trust the guy with two first names. There's just <laughs> something slimy about that. Anyway, you know, for our big story of the episode, um, I think it's really important to talk to our listeners about this. A professor in Florida who is an expert in corruption has been arrested for money laundering. You know, it's like the old saying goes, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Uh, so this guy, you know, U.S. professor, international studies at the University of Miami, 73 years old, and he actually co-wrote a book about organized crime. You know, he's an expert on money laundering and corruption in South America. And he's been arrested for uh, laundering corruption proceeds from Venezuela. And if convicted, he could face up to 20 years in prison. <laughs> You know, this, this story is perfect. I, can't, I cannot explain to you how happy this kind of story makes me. Uh, I mentioned this to someone the other day, uh, mm -hmm. this story, and they told me about a similar one from their company where they work. And it was about some dude who used to work there. And apparently this guy was the champion in the company for, for these kind of corruption things, right? And people fraudulently getting money from the company. And he was the guy who mm -hmm. traveled the world, giving lectures, explaining how to catch them. You know, that sort of thing. And as I understand it, he was really good at this. Uh, he was like a global superstar in the company. So I, th I think it's really silly that anyone was surprised when they found out that he had made away with hundreds of millions of dollars. And <laughs> they haven't heard from him since. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, this, this is great stuff. Okay, so we're going to try something here. We're going to talk about stories by continent. We're going to do that oh, for yeah. maybe the next 10, 15 minutes, see how it goes. We're going to start, of course, with the, uh, the continent that's closest to my heart. And everyone knows what that is. Antarctica? Say it with me. Yep, that's correct. No, it's actually Africa. Let's start in Nigeria. So Nigeria had a big year in fraud awareness. And I know, that sounds mm -hmm. like an oxymoron because of the whole Nigerian prince phenomenon, right? So it turns out Nigerian people are actually really good at fraud. So, oh, yeah, those, sure. yeah, those yeah. emails are like the fluff. There's like real stuff. They got like advanced credit card theft and all of that going on, right? Bunch of guys get done by the FBI for running fraudulent transactions. You know, some American gang they have doing this. And one of them was one of the Forbes 30 under 30 guys. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know those guys who are under 30 years old and that they tell you to, to watch out for? Yeah, yeah, they were right. <laughs> you really should... You should watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, and then fast forward a few months, right? Another guy gets done for fraud. This time it's an indictment from, I think, the... Uh, it's not the FBI this time. I think it's like the IRS or something. So in his case, mm -hmm. he's the CEO of a successful indigenous airline in Nigeria. Uh, problem here is, until very recently, he had a pretty good image because his airline, 
offered free trips to Nigerian people who were escaping South Africa during the whole xenophobia thing. Everyone thought, yeah, he's a great guy. Airlines doing well, good PR. Turns out he was just laundering yeah. money the entire oh, time. No. You see a recurring oh, theme no. here. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you know, these guys, though, um, seems like they have a lot of money and they don't know what to do with it. Uh, I'm just saying, might be someone, someone useful to tap into. I completely agree. True story. We should definitely yeah. start doing fraud. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, that's not where you were going, right? Yeah, no, that's not where you were going. Yeah, no, that's my bad. No, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, staying with Africa, though. You remember the time? Um, so we discussed this on one of our previous episodes. The Egyptians had painted a donkey in a zoo to look like a zebra. Yep. Never yeah, forget well, that. Well, you know, as you know, the Chinese are really good at copying other people, and here's <laughs> what they've done: there's a Chinese cafe that will die your dog to look like a panda. And the real tragedy here is that the Egyptians are going to get zero credit for the idea of using black and white paint wow. to change your pet. In wow. a way, you know, it's actually, you know, it's cultural appropriation. That's what it is. I and agree. Um, naturally, you know, PETA has commented on this service and complained about it, you know, as they do with everything, really. <laughs> Those guys stay complaining, don't they? Okay. Next continent, Australia. Oh, yeah. The continent, the country. The region of the world, but not the alternative lifestyle just yet. Right. So let's start off with the you know the most dramatic one. Some guy, some Australian guy, right? He goes over to the Malmaison Hotel in Manchester, and he pays sixty-eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars for a beer. Yeah, um, yeah. Just let that sink in. Beer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what happened was the uh, the guy he gave his card to to put the details into the machine, he meant to write five pound fifty. Which is already outrageous for a beer. Mm-hmm. But then he put 55,000 pounds instead. Now, all, all oh of this God. sounds like a routine mistake. My problem with all of this, the part that really upsets me is the fact that this person's card was billed 55,000 pounds and it just went through and his bank didn't even call him to say anything was up. His wife had to call him up and say, hey, we've just lost about 100,000 Australian dollars. Um, everything okay? I know you went there for the cricket, but it can't be that much fun. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm just thinking, you know, if that was me, if that was my card, I feel like you try to debit my card, 55,000 pounds, uh-huh, my bank uh-huh. will call you and tell you to arrest me for attempting to pay that because <laughs> I should know better. Yeah, never mind the true story company credit card, eh? Ah, yes, that. <laughs> Another Australia story. Uh, and this one, uh, plot twist, a lady comes home in Australia to find a koala pole dancing in her home. You know, this this is one of those times when the story is an embodiment of Australia, the country, and the alternative lifestyle. <laughs> and get this, this kind of behavior, not <clears throat> unusual for koalas. They've been found doing all kinds of things, such as lounging in people's homes, uh, presumably uh, taking a break from all the pole dancing. Wait, so this lady had a pole in her house, though. That's why the koala was able to do pole. Oh, yeah. We're choosing not to unpack that. We're, we're not going to okay. talk about the fact that she had like a stripper pole inside her home. We're just going to focus on okay. the koala thing. Yeah. Okay. Another Australia thing. Remember World Naked Bike Ride Day? Yeah, yeah. How could we forget, right? Yes. Yeah, most well, uncomfortable day of the year, I'll tell you now. Yep. Fortunately, yeah. they won't be doing those anymore in Melbourne. So uh, what that means for us is we have to reschedule our Australia trip because uh, apparently Brisbane will have one in March. Um, I have emailed Mm -hmm. Logistics. They'll let us know what amendments they can make to our flight schedule so that we don't miss the event. 
Yeah, God knows it's unheard of us for you know to miss a weekly recording or something. Yep, that's correct. That's correct. Now, speaking of um, animals mm-hmm. doing weird stuff, I'm going to segue into the first European story here. Uh, some sheep uh, took over the streets of Madrid recently for their annual migration. Um, the sheep are actual sheep. Anyway, as a former resident of Nigeria, you know, this kind of thing just reminded me of that time I was driving around in Nigeria and there were a bunch of cows just walking around. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of things to unpack there. First of all, seeing cows walking around happens all the time in Nigeria. Uh, but also, I mean actual cows, like the ones that eat grass and have the herd mentality. The animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. type of cow. I just want that to be. Yeah, clear. I mean, that's, that's the same in India. There's just one difference, though. In Nigeria, presumably, you can rough up the cows. In <laughs> India, if you do that, there'll be a bunch of right wing loons after your life. So well, that's the only difference. <laughs> Gonna have to drive around them, you know. Mm. Fair enough. Now over to Asia. Mm-hmm. A bunch of weirdos, sorry. A bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. I meant kids. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of kids in the Philippines had absolutely nothing to do the other day, and rather than read a book or watch a film or I don't know, make some new friends, they chose to do something quite unusual. They went around looking for dog poop. That's right, okay. poop produced by dogs. So first they went around mm-hmm. picking up the poop. And then when that wasn't fun enough for them, they found a way to convert the poop into a mixture that can be used to produce bricks. So in conclusion, they found a way to turn the bricks that were laid by dogs into bricks that can be laid by human beings. They're called bio bricks. Wow. Yeah, which is which is really just what bricks are, right? You know I what think I mean. they'll be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. So. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for these guys. <laughs> now get this. They do smell. Yeah, that's what you're thinking, right? Like if you make bricks out of poop, are they going to smell of poop? Yeah, they will in fact smell mm-hmm. of poop. A smell which allegedly is going to fade over time. I'm not buying it, all right? This whole thing just smells... No, that's too obvious. I'm sorry. That's a bad yeah. joke. And, yeah, you know, just yeah. for completeness, they, they were doing this because apparently there was too much dog poop on the streets. Not really a good uh, good bit of PR mm-hmm. for the Philippines. Uh, they were going to do something about that. So they decided to turn the poop into stuff that you can use on the sidewalks so that it always smells of poop. Anyway, don't let kids execute their crazy ideas. That's the main takeaway from all this. All right? I know. You know, speaking of, speaking of crazy ideas and staying with Asia, though, over in South Korea... Over 25,000 people have now taken part in mass funeral services. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God, has there been a mass death event in South Korea? No, this is not actually as morbid as it sounds. It's actually far worse. You know, what's happening here is that they simulate your death and subsequent funeral. And as I understand it, the purpose of this is to make you reflect on your life and, you know, you become a better person. Um, with any luck, you become the sort of person who doesn't arrange a fake funeral. <laughs> well, that would be a good start, I think. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Latin America. You remember the death road mm-hmm. in Bolivia, right? Not the one from the video game, the, the other one. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's the most dangerous road in the world, right? So it spirals upwards, um, almost mm-hmm. 11,000 feet. And it goes from Bolivia's uh, low jungles to, like, the snow-capped peaks of the Andes. It's pretty serious mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you got fog, rain, rock slides, and just cliffs. 
right? These are like the, you know, the attractions. This road has claimed a lot of life. People have died on this road, right? It's a pretty badass road yeah. to uh, to go on. Now, Mirtha Munoz recently biked across all of it, all 60 kilometers. Wow. And that's, that on its own is pretty impressive. But you know what's really impressive about this? Mm-hmm. Mirtha is 70 years old. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This woman is a hero to all of us, a true story, all 17 of us who work here. <laughs> so I guess the question really is, what's your excuse? 16 after the resignation, you know. But yeah. Ah, that's true. 16. Yeah. Well, you never know. She might want to come back now that we're, we're in business again. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you explain not doing this sort of thing, Annie? What's your excuse? Uh, it, you know, it's got to be the hectic true story schedule. I mean, that's been taken up. Um, time really yeah. i am so glad Besides, you know there are people who are doers and there are people who talk about them and Martha's is a doer and you know we're here to talk about her so we need both types of people right mm. no i agree thank you for um also providing my excuse because i was worried you yeah. might ask me that's um, why yeah. let's go over to brazil bolsonaro still bolsonaro wing oh, yeah, yeah, he hasn't stopped. You know all that news about the fires in the Amazon, and we're really worried because you know the Amazon should not be on fire. And uh, the global community tried to help. You know, we offered Brazil some mm-hmm. money. I'm not sure why I said we just then, but anyway, we offered Brazil some money. Uh, Bolsonaro, in typical Bolsonaro fashion, refused the money. And now we're hearing that he's accused Leonardo DiCaprio of paying people to start the fires in the first place, so that the activism. What? To stop the fires holds more water. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this, this is really crazy. And you know, you know why I'm upset about this? Because I feel like Leo just can't catch a break, man. I mean, this guy's done so mm-hmm. much for the acting world. He's done so much for the actual world. He deserves so much better than to be accused of paying someone to start Amazon fires. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm not surprised uh, coming from Bolsonaro. You know, speaking of right-wing loons in India from earlier... Mm-hmm. Uh, here, Mr. Bolsonaro is actually going to be the chief guest at India's Republic Day Parade in January this year. They usually invite, you know, a foreign head of state every year. And uh, so this year it's going to be uh, Mr. Bolsonaro. And he can enjoy that pollution in Delhi firsthand and see the devastating effects when you don't take care of the environment. Mm-hmm. With that. Do you think they invited him so that he can see it and then change his mind or, or just... He was just a nice uh, no, I think it's just the Global Right Wing Loons Alliance. Really. Fair enough. Fair is. enough. Yeah. All right. We're speaking about the environment. So this seems like as good a time as any to talk about this. We've all seen the news. It's a huge deal. Um, something we're all coming together to figure out. It affects all of us. Mm-hmm. There's no avoiding it. I'm talking, of course, about cow flatulence and its contribution to climate change. Um, okay. Yeah. Those yeah. are cow farts. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the word flatulence. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk more about this a lot in the future because it's a developing theory um, and it's it's pretty big. So you might want to take this opportunity to go and read up on it and join the conversation with us on social media. Uh, more details about that will be shared with you later on. Um, last story. This is something, this is like a new interest of mine, right? So I've been reading about animals uh, that are used for different kinds of tracking purposes. And okay. yeah, yeah, and this is what first of all caught my eye. Some eagles, right? They had tracking beacons on them. Um, this is useful for understanding their migration patterns and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But so nobody anticipated that these eagles would like go on holiday. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what happens is these, these beacons, they send SMSs with GPS coordinates of where the eagles are. Yeah. Right? And when they went on holiday, the text messages were incurring roaming charges. And oh my god. They used up the entire budget of the project for tracking up for tracking the eagles in the first place and these uh, these scientists right, that, that's that's what you get for trying to spy on people man that's what you get yeah so, maybe maybe that's precisely uh these were russians yeah. by the way i i know i know it seems on the nose but <laughs> this, yeah they had to take a loan actually to pay the roaming charges uh good news people came together though and they they donated money and it's all good now but you know tracking animal stuff is is actually very interesting and it's all fun and games until you're using some squirrels for, you know, some environmental tracking. And then the Iranian government starts accusing your squirrels of being NSA spies. You know, that that's where it starts wow. to get a bit weird. Um, we've yeah. had many cases of dolphins being accused of being spies as well. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Yeah, you see, in that case, you know, dolphins are kind of smart. It's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they might mm-hmm. actually be spies. Yeah. So anyway... This new hobby of mine, you know, I might want to check it out. It's very interesting. I think it's very interesting. You have to agree with me. You agree with me, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's track animals. Um, you agree with me, <laughs> right? Well, only within my country, though, because I can't afford to pay the roaming charges, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's them as a blindsided them. <laughs> they went on a holiday. I love that. Okay, uh, that's everything we have. Thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you for showing up to listen to this episode, despite the uh, the absence there for a few months. Um, our social media handles have mm-hmm. not changed. It's still True Story X Y Z. Talk to us on Twitter. That's yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening, folks. Enjoy the holidays, and see you next year. <laughs> <laughs>